one thing I really had a hard time with and probably shouldn't include this in your broadcast, but I, I had a cat that I love so dearly and it was just so hard for me to give her up because my mom has two cats and she didn't want this cat coming here because she was convinced it would have Ukrainian, I don't know, like bugs or something that would kill her cats. And, oh, it was just so hard. And I just prayed and prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I'll, I'll do that, you know, because this is what my mom is asking, but please, you know, provide a good home for my, my cat. This is a podcast that tells stories about what God is doing right now in the world. We focus on what is happening with, in, or through Christians. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. I'm your host, Emma Moore. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Seeing God Podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. On today's episode, you'll hear more about the cat and how that helps us remember that God understands our human condition. Today, we hear from Laura Moore, who works with refugees in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She is a missionary with Send International. And during the episode, you'll hear us mention the Inn quite a bit, which is the International Neighborhood Network. Up until this month, Laura and her Send team had a formal working relationship with the Inn, but she is now only officially working for Send, although she and her team continue to collaborate with the Inn. So that's just to clarify that relationship. Also, just a quick reminder that I'll be putting up references from this episode on our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com. Laura slips in a few biblical references that I've put on there, as well as the names of various organizations. We're also including information about some ways to get involved with refugees, and I know that there are many other organizations working to help refugees or recent immigrants. So if you know of an organization doing great work like this in your area, please let me know about it, and I will We'll put links up to that on our website as well so that people can find that and maybe get involved. Without further ado, let's jump in and hear how Laura has been seeing God. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. So first, could you give us a little bit of background on you? How were you introduced to God and how did you get to where you are now? Well, I grew up in Lancaster County. Um, I, I was born in Lancaster and I was raised in um, the village of Intercourse. Um, it's now Gordonville, um, where we live, and lived in the same house my whole life. And from the time I was a baby, I've basically attended the same church, which is Calvary Monument Bible Church in Paradise. And so from a very early age, I heard um, the gospel and I don't remember the exact time, but it was sometime around like the age of seven or eight that I came to know the Lord. So you grew up in Lancaster County and you are still in Lancaster County. How did you end up working with refugees? Well, I attended Bible college back in the 80s 
And I was always interested in missions work. Um, when I was very young, um, if people asked me what I wanted to be, I said I wanted to be a missionary someday. And of course, that was a childhood dream, but I didn't necessarily follow through with that in my early 20s. But I became a school teacher in a private school up in New England after graduation. And at the same time, I was pursuing friendships and English as a second language with people who were from the former Soviet Union. That area of the world was basically just um, kind of falling apart. The country fell apart and people were in need of teachers of English as a second language. And we were sponsoring a church in the former Soviet Union in Ukraine. And so I went over for a visit with um, the former Slavic Gospel Association, met people in our sister church and fell in love with that area of the world and eventually went for a year of language study and then went full time into um, missionary work in Ukraine and served there from 1999 to about 2019. Wow. So you actually haven't been back in the States for very long. No, I moved back in 2018 for my home service, thinking I was going to be there for a year. But in the meantime, one of my teammates over there got married and my other teammates where I lived, we're moving to work in a seminary about two hours south of where we lived. And I would basically be the only American living in the, in that particular town, which I did not think was a good idea. And it just seemed like things were winding down. I felt like I did about all that I could do in that area. And my father had passed away. So my mom was just having some issues with growing older. And she was really asking me if I would consider moving back to the States. And so from 2018 to 2019, I made the decision to stay stateside. And my mission board asked me if I would consider joining a team here in the United States in Lancaster doing ministry with refugees. And so I said that I would and the rest is history. What types of ministry were you involved in in Ukraine? When I first went over there, I was learning the language, obviously. And and then I got involved in work with orphans, orphanage ministry, some ESL, assisting in a school setting, doing ESL and that type of thing. And then after my first term there, they asked if I would consider joining a team in Western Ukraine, where they were helping with the church plant. And I moved out there. And then I became involved uh, more with the disability ministry, doing English as a second language and disability ministry and crafts, and just a little bit of everything, mentoring women and just all types of things. So how have you found the transition to the ministry that you're in now? I was ready for something new. I was very sad to leave um, Ukraine, but once I made the decision, the Lord just kind of prepared the way for me. I never pictured myself 
working with people from the Middle East. It never was something that I envisioned. But as soon as I took that step of faith, like God kind of filled my heart with a love for the people and just, you know, compassion for them. And I've really enjoyed getting to know them and getting to know a new people group and a new culture. And just, I enjoy being able to help people. And it's kind of nice to be in your in your own home turf rather than being overseas and doing those things. You always have the barrier of culture and language, but here it's much easier for me to help people in my own, you know, home element, so to speak. Yeah, you're you're sort of welcoming them in to something that you're very comfortable in already. Yes. Yes. And one thing that was really encouraging for me, one of the hardest things about moving overseas is learning another language um, and another culture. But, you know, I enjoyed speaking in another language and two, you know, two other languages I learned. And I was really concerned that I would lose that once I came back here. But the Lord has seen fit for me to meet some people who are not refugees, but they're new immigrants, like green card lottery winners. And, but they've joined like the refugee community. They're part of the, the circle of ministry that we're involved in. And so I'm able to use Russian. And that's been really exciting for me that, you know, all those years of language study are not lost. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it sounds like not only your language skills, but I imagine many of the other skills and experience that you gained have transferred over. So you work with the International Neighborhood Network. What does that ministry look like? Well, it seeks to welcome refugees who are new to the United States. We seek to help them with you know, physical needs and just sort of help them to navigate life stateside. When folks first come to the United States, um, refugees, they have a lot of questions as to how to get around and that type of thing. And many times they don't speak any English, so that can be challenging. But just helping them to you know, write out checks, pay bills, and go to the grocery store. We help watch children. We go to the hospital with them, doctor's visits, dentist visits, schooling issues, just anything that encompasses life here. We are involved with that. And um, I would like to add that we are seeking to um, show people the love of Christ and introduce them to Christ as well. So we do um, have a spiritual element to what we're doing, you know, kind of what Church World Service or Bethany Christian Services would do. But we also tell them about our relationship with the Lord and seek to introduce them to Him in a, in a kind and non-intrusive way. <laughs> This is probably going to sound like a very basic question, but why do you do what you do? Why is it important to you to share with other people about Jesus Christ? And also, why is it important to you to help meet some of their just more practical needs? Well, I think as a Christian, we're called to do those things, you know, to to share our lives with others. We're 
called to believe in Christ, but also to live out our faith. And part of that is sharing the love of Christ by giving and introducing people to him through our deeds and through, you know, our words as well. And so that's, to me, that's what life is about. That is our overarching goal in life is to to live for the Lord in any setting that he puts us. And so for me, coming back here and then, you know, finishing my ministry work overseas, then coming here, um, it was a natural fit to continue to do some of the same work I did before. But I would say that even if I didn't do this type of work full time, I, I still would find ways to reach out to foreigners because I think it's part of the way God made me. And I do believe that each Christian is is called to share Jesus with others. And how have you been seeing God work in this ministry or in other areas of your life? This question is not limited to your ministry. Well, I've noticed that one of the ways that I've seen God work is that I was introduced to this ministry and I was thinking that it would be from the ground up type of ministry. And it is in some ways, but there are many, many people in Lancaster County, uh, among Mennonites, among other people at Calvary Church, just many, many people have a sincere desire to do this type of outreach. And seeing that Lancaster City was named as the most welcoming city in the United States for refugees per capita, there's just something special about Lancaster. And so I stepped into a situation where there was already lots of people out there who are interested, who are already doing this type of ministry, you know, maybe on a smaller scale. But then I was introduced to people who were actually hoping, you know, to plant a church among refugees and among people from those areas of the world. And I was introduced to those folks and a whole community of missionaries who had to return to the United States for one reason or another. And they were actually meeting and praying for the refugee community since 2014. And so that was really an exciting thing to see how, you know, maybe I'm part of the answer to prayer in that I and my fellow uh, SEND teammates stepped into this and had this burden desire, but we're joining other people who've already been doing this. And, you know, we meet together with these fellow ex-missionaries or whatever you want to call them once a week. And we have Bible studies and we have prayer time and fun times. And we also all have friends among the refugee community. And we pray for those people together. It's really exciting to have that big team of people um, working with me, you know, already. It's like I just kind of stepped into it. And I love these people, even though they're from 
you know, different churches and, but they all know the Lord and they all, we all have a common goal of reaching out and showing the love of Christ to these, these folks and inviting them to our fellowship if they would like to come. Hmm. So one of the ways that you are seeing God is that he has provided, sounds like, first of all, he has given you this specific love for a group of people. And then he called you to that work and he's provided opportunities for you to do work with these people. But then beyond that, he has also provided teammates for you, other people who are doing work with you and you have seen how he's moving their hearts in love as well. Yes, for sure. I mean, I do have teammates who are part of the inn, another Sen uh, missionary couple who also attend Calvary Church. But beyond them, there's a whole group of people in Lancaster County who have been doing this kind of work on the side or have been reaching out. And so we have this you know, this common bond and we've become friends and we fellowship together. You know, we get together outside of our Bible studies and and fellowship times. So he's provided a community of like-minded Americans who are also reaching out to the refugee community. So I love that. Um, That's really an encouragement to me. Are there any characteristics of God that you think are particularly of interest to the populations that you work with? Well, many of them have faith already, but it's a different faith and they do not share our faith, but we talk about God together. And when I talk about God, I talk about often with them, I I talk about the love and forgiveness of God and the faithfulness of God and how he hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. And I tell them, you know, that I pray for them. And so his, his faithfulness is something that I um, really talk about with them and I'm thankful for and his love and forgiveness as well. It sounds like you're very familiar with, well, for one, you're familiar with the experience of being a foreigner. Yes. Is God's faithfulness something that he particularly showed you in your own experience? Um, Yes. I don't know if it's just being older and getting to look back on my life and just seeing the faithfulness of God in many different situations. But I've had situations where especially overseas where there was no one else to help because I had lived alone. And, you know, there were some situations where it was really scary and I've cried out to the Lord and seen him answer specifically. And so I, I really try to encourage people just to, you know, to talk to him and open up their hearts to him and, Like I have a friend going through a very difficult situation with her job and, you know, just knowing that God is absolutely faithful and that every, you know, his mercies are new every morning, we can count on him. So I encourage people to not give up and and look to the Lord and know that he's going to be there always. Are you able to share any of those specific instances 
that as you look back on your years in ministry or just just over your life, this is relevant to people not in ministry as well, but any of those specific instances that come to mind when you think about God's faithfulness? Oh, wow. Well, I know there have been times, you know, just as a missionary, um, when you're in ministry like that, you're dependent on his faithfulness and others, you know, giving so that you can go <laughs> overseas or whatever. And just, there have just been times where, you know, there was just not enough money or I didn't see how it was going to happen. And every time, you know, the Lord provided a way that I could keep doing ministry and keep going financially and friendship wise. I think about, you know, moving back to the United States was really hard because, you know, you build up practically a, a family overseas and, you know, to give that up. And um, this is going to sound really dumb, but <laughs> one thing I really had a hard time with and probably shouldn't include this in your broadcast, but I, <laughs> I had a cat that I love so dearly. And it was just so hard for me to give her up because my mom has two cats and she didn't want this cat coming here because she was convinced it would have Ukrainian, I don't know, like bugs or something that would kill her cats. And, oh, it was just so hard. And I just prayed and prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I'll do that, you know, because this is what my mom is asking, but please, you know, provide a good home for my, my cat. And it's just so funny because the people that live in my apartment now, they send me pictures of her all the time. They just had a uh, baby last year and the baby is, they're just best friends and they send all these, you know, pictures of them together and, you know, they just adore the cat and she's living her best life, you know, I think better than when she lived with me. So I'm just like, I mean, just like little things like that. He just is so faithful to answer. And, you know, sometimes when he's answered no, and it just seems like so hard. How are you ever going to get through it? And then you look back and you just say, thank you, Lord, that you said no to that request because, you know, had I had this, like, I really wanted to stay in the capital, which was Kiev and continue the ministry I was doing. But I was so thankful later on that I moved outside of the city, you know, even though it was far from everything that I had done before, it was something new and exciting and much, much better suited to my personality because working with orphans is very, very hard. You just get caught up in, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of difficulty and I was really getting burned out. And so just moving West and it's not that I didn't, you know, stay in contact with them. I did, but it was much better suited for my, you know, my ministry calling and personality and just everything. He's just very faithful to grant you your heart's desires and point you in the right direction and faithful to provide all that you need. Yeah. It sounds like you've really seen him care about 
about you as as an individual with your own personal concerns, you know, down to your cat? Yeah. Which I love that you shared that because that's part of being human, right? Like we have emotions and we have things that we love and we have pets and God cares about all of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And not only does he care about it, but he himself understands what it's like to be human. And it says that that he can intercede for us perfectly because he actually understands it all perfectly and because he's been human and he's experienced it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, you have that compassion of the Lord that, that meets you at your you know deepest heartache. And I could share another instance when things weren't working out with something, you know, ministry wise and just um, hard relationship struggles and stuff. And I remember just crying out to the Lord and praying over a few days about something and just crying and just the Lord meeting me like in the most incredible way, just like with peace, you know, and just it's going to be okay kind of thing. Like you just feel that in your soul. And I mean, he doesn't, you know, it says like pray without ceasing and not to worry about anything, but sometimes it's just, you're just walking in faith, you know, believing God will provide. But when he comes through really powerfully, you remember those moments, you know, when it's, when he was almost like, you know, the presence of God in the room is just like so overwhelming. And he, he's provided those moments too, you know, just, just when he gives you what you need, when you need it. That's what I would say. Are you able to see him do that in the communities that you're working with as well? To meet the people that you're working with in similar ways to how he's met you personally? Well, with the people that I work with personally, I think that he's definitely providing in great ways, you know, providing educational opportunities um, for them in a Christian school setting and, you know, work opportunities. And we'll say, you know, we're praying about this specific opportunity where we're going to ask the Lord to provide the funds so that your kids can go to the school so they won't have to be in Center City School where they're not getting a lot of just because of COVID and, you know, they would have basically been on a screen all day long. And instead they got to go to a private school where they got a lot of one-on-one attention. And I see the Lord providing for them. Definitely. They definitely are not of the same faith as I am, but we're praying that they will see God's hand at work. Hmm. Yeah, this is something that I feel like should probably be evident, but I think it's worth noting that you're seeing God provide for specific needs for people who are not in a relationship with Him. Right. That He is still active and caring about them and concerned about their needs and is meeting those needs through you as well and through a whole community of people, as well as just through, you know, sort of (laughs) His interventions, it sounds like. Right. Well, the there's the sun and the rain for everyone. You know, that's God's mercy to everyone. And He provides for people and He He provides good things for them so that they will see His goodness and they will worship Him. You know, and that's our um, goal is to see them come to the knowledge of 
of who Jesus Christ is. What kinds of opportunities do you see for the local church to be aware of and involved in helping meet the needs of foreigners in their communities? Well, one of the things that the end does is provide information and training. And there are opportunities for people to be involved several ways. At Calvary Church, they have a Tuesday evening outreach to parents, teaching ESL and their kids, um, helping them with their online lessons. Other ways is they provide opportunities for people to become part of a welcoming team. For example, there will be more refugees coming to Lancaster in the near future. We were promised they would come in June. Um, they keep changing the date. But I do know that there is a need and an opportunity for people who are interested in befriending refugees and helping when they first arrive, you know, for a period of several months, not every day or anything like that. But I could gladly provide the information for that. And um, you can either be part of a team that already exists or form a team at your church and provide, you know, things like furniture and help with doctor's visits or whatever you feel called to do. So there are plenty of opportunities. So we can post, I'll post those links on our website to information about how people locally can get involved with this. If you're interested, that will go on, on the episodes page of our website. So these are specific opportunities for the Lancaster area. Does the inn work more broadly um, outside of Lancaster? Are there opportunities for people who might be listening from other areas? Yes. Yes. They are in several cities across the United States. There's the inn and then SEND is involved with another organization as well, also doing refugee ministry. So what we'll do is you can send me information just I, you know, I don't normally do this, but I think that this is an issue that so many people in the church could be interested in getting involved in, in helping foreigners in their communities. So I just want to put the information on our website in case people are interested. So I will get the links from Laura and I will put them on the website for you guys listening to the ministries that she's aware of. And listeners, if you know of organizations that are doing similar things, feel free to get in touch with me and I'll add those links on there as well so that you can know about even more opportunities. So Laura, this has been so great to hear about a little bit more about the Inn, which again is the International Neighborhood Network, but also to hear about you and how you've been seeing God work. And it, it sounded to me like one of the biggest things that you have seen God do is you know, moving your heart to love other people. You even said at one point, you know, you didn't feel drawn to a specific people group, but when you stepped out in faith and started to serve them, God gave you love for them. And that love comes from his love for them and his desire to, to meet their needs and to be in relationship with them. So it's been really cool to hear how you've seen him meet your needs particularly when you've been when you were a foreigner but also more generally and then moving you to love other people and moving not just you but a whole community of people 
to love people with some very specific needs in, in your community. We are drawing to the end of our time, but is there anything else that you wanted to share about God or how you've been seeing Him? Well, in this particular case, I was just thinking about how um, nothing in our lives is ever wasted. You know, if you go through a situation or you have a particular job and you wonder, like, why did that happen? Or why did God take me out of this work that I love and then bring me back here? Or he uses those experiences that we have, those difficulties um, the good times and the bad to prepare us for our future work. And I would say, as you had mentioned, me being a foreigner, I have great empathy for people who, you know, do not speak our language, don't understand our culture, don't understand the ins and outs of life here, um, just because I experienced that overseas. And sometimes it was really hard. I mean, I shed a lot of tears, especially during my first year in language school. It was so difficult because our our teachers are really tough. They were kind of like Soviet battle axes, if, if you know what they were like. They were really tough and they were not understanding a lot of the times, but it was just determined, you know, not to be that way with people who are here and just understanding how people feel you know, feeling like a fish out of water and just, you know, drawing from my own experience and wanting to be empathetic and helpful to people who are here. And that's just, you know, one example from my life, but God never wastes anything. And he's always up to something. He's always teaching us and guiding us to be useful for him in the place that he has us. So, you know, just to, to hang in there with any difficult things you may be going through. That's not to say that God wouldn't want you to move to another place or do something else if you're experiencing extreme difficulty. But, you know, sometimes that's just what we need um, in order to prepare us for another work he has for us to do. Yeah. And he is, as you said, he is always faithful. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of this with us today, Laura. It has been so great to hear about your ministry and about your personal experiences with God. Thank you. You're welcome. Psalm 107 verse 43 says about stories like this, those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history, the faithful love of the Lord. If you have a story you'd like to share, or you know of someone who does, please go to our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com and click on Submit a Story. God is doing things all over in all of His people, and we want to know about as many stories as possible. So please do go to the website and submit a story. Also, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or the podcast in general. You can tweet us at GodSeeing or comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Seeing God Podcast. You can also email us at seeinggodpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert, and our show music is Siberia by Dmitry Lukyanov. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seeing God. Seeing God.